Welcome back, boys and girls. It is Wednesday, November 30th. This is Blake the Cat Miller. Hashtag claws up. And I'm joined by always LA Bash Bros owner, chief. I'm trying to think of another business term. COO. Chief. Oh, okay. Like chief operating yeah. officer. COO. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jake Bakke. Hi, Jake. Hi, Blake. So I hate this league. Six and six the, is the closest league I have ever been a part of. It's so insane. I um I did it today. I was I was at work and I have I do a I am the commission of my work league. I'm in last place in that league. But I was just showing one of my coworkers, he's like, Have you ever seen this before? And he looks at it and he's like he was just floored, just floored yeah. on how close it is. Yep, it's crazy how close this league is. Uh, we have Blake in first at eight and four, and then we have Sam in tenth at five and seven, Brian in ninth at five and seven, and then we have a seven-way tie for second or eighth place. So we have seven teams in the middle, and reminder: the only six teams make the playoffs. So this is just going to be an absolute bloodbath in the last in the next two weeks it's going to be so much fun to watch um a reminder to everyone we have our trade deadline is i believe it is december 2nd let me look at the settings right now so i get that correct um as of tonight nick and i made a deal uh yes december 2nd um at it looks like midnight so we have until uh was that friday yep Yep, uh, tomorrow is the first, so we have until uh, basically tomorrow. Tomorrow is the last day to really get a deal going for anyone. If you have anyone that is on the Bills or the Patriots, you must get a deal done uh, before that game because they will lock and you will not be able to deal them uh, before tomorrow night's game. So if anyone's trying to get a trade out, I think I am pretty much done with trades. I know Blake's always looking for trades. Um, but feel free to, to try to get a trade done before the end of the deadline. Yeah. Um, now I'm a little bit older. I'm a little bit wiser and, um, gone are the days where it's Sunday at 2 PM. I'm like drunk and I'm just sending out trades on a whim. So I love to trade, but I'm pretty pragmatic now. So, but I'm always interested. Very slow. I feel like very seldom trades this year in our league, and I think, I think it just. In, I think I have been in every every single trade that's happened. That is true, and I and I think that's just a testament to how close everyone is, and how everyone feels like they're in the race. Everyone feels they have a chance. Uh, we've discussed it on multiple episodes, and we're going to touch on it when we go over certain matchups. While the league is close, I think there's definitely teams that are setting themselves apart from the competition mm-hmm. uh, me as one of them. Cause I have a two game lead, but I think as we go into, as we, as we go over everything that happened last week, and then as we go into future episodes, let's just have this as like the footnote is it's going to be super important for the bye weeks Whoever gets those first two bye weeks that's going to be crucial because I just looking at it right now, just what we have for, projected playoff bracket would have uh, myself and Trey <laughs> Trey. I can't believe Trey's in a buy spot right now, but 
we would have first round. You're going to go up against Steph, which I think win. that's a win. You and then she would. The, sorry, Steph, but you're for sure making the wrong call if we ever match up in the playoffs. And then this one, which I think would be the like best suited for the championship, is White Walker first. The Ghost of Forte. Yeah, and, and that, that was our matchup of the round. week. Yeah, that was our matchup of the week that we're, we'll go over today. And, and that was a close matchup <laughs> the entire entirety of the Thursday games with Phil having a lot of his players play out on Thursday. And then watching that kind of go back and forth with the projections. I was watching that one, had my eye on it, and the projections just swung both ways uh, throughout the entirety of the day. But that would be an amazing matchup in the first round. And there's still teams we we didn't mention QB sneaks or rum runners. They're still on the hunt. They it's two weeks left. Anything can happen. One of these teams that we've just been in love with um, may fall off, fall off the ladder. Maybe you are. You're in sixth place right now. There's just so much that's going to happen. But before we project the future, let's take a look at this past week and uh, go over the matchups. All right, let's go over the first matchups. We got the Cat Claws up eight and four, getting the dub against Fishel Boys. A little squeaker. Monday night mm-hmm. again happened for Fish. Uh, we went into the matchup. I think uh, Fish was up only by a couple of points. I had Pittman and Fryermuth heading into Monday night, and he had George Pickens. And definitely there was some chances for George Pickens, but it really came down to Michael Pittman at the end. But let's look at my team first. Kyler Murray kind of had that, I want to say, a big blowout game. I, I, I'm waiting for the season where I can get a – uh, Kyler Murray, like 30 burger, like I'm seeing out of some of these other, like really mobile quarterbacks, but that just may not be it. I know he's coming off injury at that hammy. I was a little worried, but I decided to roll the dice and roll with him. Made the right choice. And even if I would have played Derek Carr, which I was kind of teasing the last episode, I would have been fine. But um, all in all, I would say decent, decent outing for my team up 112. I think that my biggest, uh, I mean, really my biggest play was Kyler Murray, Nick Chubb. Chubb was a little bit uh, later in the game. I'm kind of glad that game went into OT. And they kept kind of feeding him the ball, featuring him when they were playing from behind. I was excited about Chiefs. I paid up for the Chiefs defense. It uh, came through just 12 points. Not a lot of sacks. Uh, I think we talked about that in the last episode, just uh, with their quarterback situation. God, I hate the Rams so much. I even forgot who they, what the guy's name is. Bryce Perkins. Bryce Perkins, yeah. Um, actually threw two interceptions. I was watching the end of that game because I was just looking for points heading into uh, heading into the the weekend and the matchup. And obviously, I was going against Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, so I was just like, okay, what what do I need here? I need just rushing, and I believe uh, that was when Pacheco fell in. Because I remember your text. Mm-hmm. But then late game, it was just um, it was just Rams were driving. And then it was a pick in the end zone. Just it was just lucky. Just like two picks to end the game. Good scoring, but uh, a little down on Singletary. We talked about it uh, in the last episode. So that was the Thursday night or the Thursday game. Am I mixing up my day? No, that was a Thursday. God, this week's already flying by. Michael <laughs> Carter got hurt uh, midway through the game, pretty early in the game. That. I mean, that sucked because I know I was flipping back and forth in my flex options and my bench just absolutely blew up. But I can go for days. What do you want to talk about with my team, Jake? No, I mean, I think it's just a solid performance by your team. Not really anybody sticks out like good or bad. Um, I feel like everyone kind of just was what they should have done. I mean, Devontae Adams only having 11 points. 
um, and they scored 40, but that game was solely won by the Raiders on the ground at Josh Jacobs, which we'll talk about later. Um, but yeah, I mean, Kyler had a good performance against the Chargers too. He, on, he didn't really do anything um, in the second half. That actually might have been where he got his rushing touchdown, but the fourth quarter, like he barely had the ball. Um, they tried to just, I don't know, they the Cardinals lost that game um, by a long shot. So just by like the way that they they ran their offense in yeah. the fourth so that you didn't get too many points there. But yeah, I think just an overall uh, good performance by your team. Michael Pittman looks good against the Steelers, but the Steelers have just one of the worst secondaries in football. Well, and um, I think Michael Pittman, we talked about it. Same thing with the Cortland Sutton thing. He's looked like that good. Yeah, there were some absolute stinker games when they just got blown out and they couldn't move the ball at all. But like, mm-hmm. he's looked this good all season. Like he's See, heavily I don't involved. even think he looked good on Monday night. Like there were some times where I was just like, like he got majority of his points in like the last drive when they were just trying to get first downs. And he, the only good thing about Michael Pittman is he's like legitimately their only like receiving threat. Like there's nobody else that really kind of like stands out. Like Alec Pierce, I kind of liked early on in the season, but he hasn't really done much since. Paris Campbell, I think has had one good game uh, or one really good game, I should say. So Mm -hmm. Michael Pittman's like the guy that they go at. And there were like there were some lucky like there was one catch where like he got hit as the ball was coming and then he grabbed it again. So like there was definitely the touchdown was nice, but what was that like a six yard pass? Yeah, it, or was just, it was like it was just basically a fade in the end zone, and it was mm-hmm. a nice play by him. But he just he, he looked a lot better last year, in my opinion. Um, he looked like someone that could take that extra step, and I don't know if he's necessarily taking that extra step, but I think I'll wait regarding him when they actually get like a legitimate quarterback there. Yeah, and then just rounding up my team, uh, we talked about all the options that I had at the flex spot, and mm-hmm. I, I could have picked anyone else besides Michael Carter, and I would have cruised to this victory. Adam Thielen we talked about um, getting the Thursday matchup. He had 16. Brian Robinson, who you implored me to play. Mm-hmm. He yeah, had 19.5. Really those running backs, but Gibson kind of got banged up, so it was, it was majority uh, Brian Robinson. David Njoku with the absolute catch of catch of the no, weekend, that, that was sending them catch. to overtime. Yeah. And then Cortland Sutton, just same old, same old 10.5 points. So plenty of options, a lot of uh, decisions that I'm going to have to make for week 13. Let's go into Fisher Boys team. Where do you want to start? Um, I mean, we can start with Miles Sanders because he was like the only one that like really showed up on Brian's team. I, I, every time we bring up Miles Sanders, you would just mm-hmm. what a weird, what a weird sentiment to talk about. Uh, the only guy showing up for a fantasy football uh, lineup when you have a team full with uh, Mahomes, Kamara, Kelsey. But yeah, he was. Oh my gosh, just uh, that game was stressing me out. I was just, I was eating at Mario's, and I'm. That's a family restaurant, Mexican restaurant we have here in town. And I went with my Nana and she's like, oh, the game's on. Do you want to watch it? And I'm like, nope, I'm, I'm going to not look at it. I'm not going to look at my phone. And then I just it's just I kept feeding, kept getting the ticks of just Miles Sanders. And then just seeing the score, it was just it was miserable. And out of all the players do is Miles Sanders. Yeah, uh, he had his best game of the season um, and he probably could have gotten even more points. Um, they really try to feed other running backs in that offense um, with uh, why am I blanking on Boston Scott's one. Who's the other mm-hmm. guy? Kenneth Gainwell. Gainwell had a touchdown. You always forget Gainwell. Yeah. So like those two guys both had like an, a red zone opportunity to think Gainwell scored a touchdown. He scored the first one, I think. Um, yeah. 
So, you know, Sanders could have pro- probably gotten 35 to 40 points if, if they really just gave him the ball. Like Jalen Hurts had over 100 yards too, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, and his was just breakdowns in the defense. Yeah. Like, it, they were long runs. They weren't mm-hmm. necessarily just, like, chipping away. It was, like, I think he had, like, a 40-yard run, and I think he had a 50-yard run. Like, they just – they did like, – the Green Bay Packer defense is shot. Um, but then looking at the rest of his team, once again, Damian Pierce, I thought he would perhaps get in the end zone. The other running back for Houston, uh, Ogun Boale, I think his name is, uh, he found the end zone, uh, but the basically the starters sat most of the second half, except for Brandon Cooks. But um, Damian Pierce, another stinker, and Kamara, another stinker. I think that's three straight weeks after he had like three straight really good weeks. So he's been super inconsistent this year. One of the one of the uh, worst first round picks, I would say, this year for sure. And then you got um, just a mediocre to average Mahomes and Kelsey week. And anytime you get that against Brian's team, that's huge because uh, he really needs everybody else on his team to step up if they if they, you know he wants a chance to win. Yeah, and you mentioned it too. Like uh, only way. Brian is well, only what you mentioned that you thought I was going to lose this matchup. You thought only way mm-hmm. I win this matchup that he doesn't hit projections on both players. They both didn't. I wouldn't say mediocre and for Travis Kelsey, 13 points is nothing to sniff at, but well, that's mediocre for him though. That I, I want to say that's probably one of his lowest numbers this year. Uh, it is it's his third lowest this season. Yeah. You make up the, you add up the points uh, for projections for both of those players. You got five, you got two. That's seven. Yeah, you that puts still, it as a you still win, but it's very, very close. Yeah. Uh, the only other note I want to talk about um, is Zay Jones because that's Zay Jones and Joe Burrow, the, two of the only other guys that really scored much on his on his team on his bench. Mm-hmm. Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow continues to produce. That game started off a little slow. Thank God. I, thank goodness I didn't pick uh, Tennessee as my underdog play of the week. Because yep. that was a tight one all the way till the very end. And then Joe Burrow just um, – Bengals are kind of cooking right now. They're heating up as we get closer to the playoffs. And I don't I – don't, I tried reaching out to Brian to do a trade for Joe Burrow because of my quarterback situation. But nothing to sniff at. He's just going to keep him on the bench. And then Zay Jones, just in that game, that comeback against Baltimore, someone had to get involved. Christian Kirk was involved. Zay Jones was involved. And I, I think going forward um, – Trevor Lawrence against. I mean, you were you were pretty high on Ravens. I know you picked them as your defense. You thought there'd be a little bit more uh, value out of that defense, but I, I think for the rest of the season, if you, Trevor Lawrence and the Jags kind of have a relaxed defense, if you have Zay Jones or if you have Christian Kirk, one of those top wideouts, one of them is going to produce. I think Martin Jones was probably serviceable this week too. Yeah, I mean Christian Kirk, and we'll talk about it when it comes to Stephanie and I's matchup. He actually did nothing until the very last drive. He had two points going into the last drive of the game, ended up with only six uh, total points. But Zay Jones was the guy on Sunday. Baltimore secondary is not very good. I thought perhaps there would be a little bit more um, more sacks, uh, uh, potential for sacks and maybe turnovers regarding um, any fumbles or anything like that. Uh, and they, you know what? They didn't look that bad until that very last drive of the game. There was I had, I had Baltimore defense. I kind of got unlucky when Lamar and Gus Edwards or Gus Edwards fumbled the ball inside the Ravens twenty yard line. So that's yeah. a quick turnaround on that. 
Um, and the very last drive of the game, just Trevor Lawrence looked really good and he did a great job to ride the ball around. But yeah, I mean, on Brian's bench, he really only has two guys um, and, and he's still kind of waiting for Jerry Judy to return. Nobody else, Darnell Mooney got hurt. He's out for the rest of the season. Um, I'm still not sure why the Rams defense is there. To be honest, I'm, and I I think Brian kind of just gave up. I'm, I'm not, I'm, and I just, Brian has not made any moves, I believe, this entire year which is no. kind of shocking from him. I uh, feel like he de- definitely makes moves throughout the season. He has only made nine moves throughout the entire season and kind of just stuck with his team. And so, you know, kind of waiting for the the official boys to, I mean, he's lost, it's been six in a row now, uh, or five in a row now. So five in a row. It'll be six in a row like, next week, right, Jake? Uh, see, like I'm going to say all this stuff and then he's just going to, you know, put it on me. Damian Pierce is going to have 40 points. Um, but... Yeah, I just kind of feel like he's just stuck with his team and just riding it out. And I called it a couple of weeks ago. I thought Brian wasn't going to make the playoffs, um, and I still am going to stick with that. I mean, he could very well beat my team, and I think he plays you next week. Uh, oh, no, you just played. Uh, I think yeah. he plays a good team next week. We were looking at it. But um, I think this is a team that, you know, has very good players they just there's no consistency like across the board well fell flat this week he loses um he goes to five and seven he's in ninth place i believe i don't know if i had it locked up last week but i believe with this win i'm now eight and four i am locked in to the to the playoffs uh hopefully one more win out of me and we'll be talking about buys but i'm eight and four first place sitting on the mountaintop L.A. Brass Bros goes to 6-6 six and six with a victory over House Targaryen, 111-102. Both teams are 6-6. Six and six. Stephanie's in third. Jake, you're in six. Let's lead us off. Tell us about your team, Jake. How'd they do this week? Uh, I enjoyed my team this week. Um, there was uh, some room for improvement. For instance, Mark Andrews dropped an easy touchdown catch, which he like, rarely ever does. Um, which would have been nice for, just for the points. And I know that Steph had Lamar, so it would have canceled it out a little bit. Uh, but points is still at a premium in this league um, because, like we talked about in the intro, the standings, it is absolutely insane with the amount of uh, how close everything is. We have seven teams that are 6-6, six and six, so points are always important. Um, but across the board, uh, Zeke, I, I am very happy with that Zeke trade only because he is just the touchdown guy on that team. Uh, we talked about we, we talked about it a little bit already, but Zeke, this last four weeks that he's played, 15 points, 17 points, 17 points, and 16 points. And he has uh, six touchdowns total in those four weeks. So that's exactly what I was looking for out of a running back. Uh, Najee got in the end zone. He did get banged up, and I thought, oh, here we go. Like, I'm, it's... I was up by 20 going into or 25 going into the second half. And I thought, oh, I won this good, like six and six. Here we go. And then they said Najee was out for the rest of the game. And that was just an instant like, oh, here comes Jonathan Taylor. Because two big runs by Jonathan Taylor, you know, puts me down. So um, I was still very impressed by Najee just getting in the end zone in the first half. Ten points and a half is exactly what I'm looking for. Uh, The rest of my bench, though, kind of is what it is. Um, I made a move. We're recording this on Wednesday night, and about a couple hours ago, I made a move to try and shore up some wide receivers because I just kind of feel like my team needs a little bit of an extra spark um, regarding some more depth. But overall, I liked my squad. Justin Herbert had a great game. 
uh, led them back to a you know, win at the end of the uh, very end of the game. And so getting 28 points, which I believe is his high this year. Um, yes, it is his high. Uh, and now he's a top eight fantasy quarterback, which is, you know, or nine, number nine. Uh, so I'm hoping the rest of the season, he has some nice matchups the rest of the way, plays the Raiders, plays the uh, Dolphins after that, um, and plays another, like the Colts or something. But I like my team overall. Um, DeAndre Hopkins has been extremely consistent for me to like 12 to 16 points every single week. And that's another thing that I'm looking for. And, Pacheco getting the end zone was huge too. So overall, I outperformed my projections, which is always a goal uh, going into every week and uh, was able to get enough points to beat Steph. And just too, we always talk about 100, 110, the way that it's been shaken out. 110 right now is the magic number. We look across the matchups. So there was one, there was one matchup that a, um, that a team needed to score Geez, over 110, and they still lost. But 110 was a match number in four of the matchups. It's all you needed. You need to hit projections. You got it against Steph because Steph at 102. Juwan Johnson called uh, it. I call. Yeah, you called it. You called it. Uh, he was targeting the end zone a couple times, at least twice. So touchdown, touchdown streak was there, well and live, but did not hit. And that's just a risk that you run with tight ends in this tight end landscape. Mm-hmm. Um, Really quick, I, I was really hoping Cole Komet would get more than uh, nine or ten points, whatever. I beat Steph by eight point uh, eight, so another nine points on Cole Komet would have been nice because I would have rubbed it in her face. She did not want to trade uh, with me regarding a tight end, and you know it would have been nice to be like, "Hey, if Cole Komet would have been on your team, you would have won." But and, yeah. alas, she chose Jawan Johnson and that fat goose egg. Yeah. Back who said, um, people that stepped up, the the kind of the big two that she's had at the beginning of the year, or I guess she never. It's funny she. I feel like she's never really had both Lamar Jackson and Jonathan Taylor like both cooking at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wouldn't say that or Jonathan the first Taylor, week of the season. Yeah, maybe the first week of the. Oh yeah, because he went off that first week of the season. Mm-hmm. But uh, I guess throughout a prolonged time during the season, they, she hasn't really had that one-two punch that she was hoping for. Mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson, Jonathan Taylor, but Lamar Jackson, twenty-three points uh, this week. Jonathan Taylor, seventeen. It could have been so much better. There was so many. Uh, there was that fumble on the goal line with yep. Matt Ryan mm-hmm. that. I don't it's just want it's just the situations where you have a like a number one running back. You have a really good guy like Derrick Henry, Jonathan Taylor, um God, I mean anyone, like Austin Eckler, I guess, in the in the anyway, you have a top end running back, you, you use them. You don't try to get cute with Matt Ryan. Um, just hand the ball over. Jonathan Taylor could have had a, such a better game than he actually did. Maul Williams still in the lineup, he hits projections, it's just automatic at this point. DeAndre Swift sucks. Don't even put him in your lineup anymore. Jake had him on the bench. Smart. Jalen Waddle consistent, and then yeah, the what I thought just kind of the three duds. Christian Kirk, I know that I was just mentioned literally in the last matchup that you can roll him out there on good matchups. I think you're still going to be rolling the dice on, I guess Zay Jones and Christian Kirk. I would say eight times, seven times out of ten, Christian Kirk's the play, especially in a good matchup. He's just I think he's just the better receiver. He's been more consistent. He's been more available this year than Zay Jones. Zay Jones is a great wideout, and he's had big weeks, but. Christian Kirk uh, under good matchups. I feel like at this point, the way that Trevor Lawrence is playing and just how he's been able to, I don't know, just 
figure out this offense. And I know they're not a great team, but their offense is there and kind of just got on the other end, uh, kind of fed Zay Jones this week. But Christian Kirk will be a good rollout, especially when he's not going up against the number one corner. Juan Johnson, we talked about, big goose egg. And Rashad White, good outing. Right, I don't know. Yeah, the I thought game that was cooking. the the play of the week for Steph by far. Was I? I definitely give her props for that. I was watching a little bit of that game and Rashad White. I thought perhaps Gio Bernard would get in there a little bit. I don't think he touched the field once. Rashad White was catching the ball like crazy. Um, he had like one, I think, 20, 30 yard run. Um, everything else was kind of short gainage, but he had caught nine catches for forty five yards. So he was definitely like that was a great pickup by her, and it was. I give her props for that because I I wasn't even thinking about Rashad White. Did she spend money on him? Uh, added Rashad White for sixteen bucks last week for waivers. That's so nothing. Uh, yeah, nothing at all. Specific, especially because she has uh, Leonard Fournette on the bench. So getting that back up, and they used him just all over the field. So, um, but once again, we talk about just all the weapons that Steph has, and there's not really anyone that perhaps. She was playing Tyler Lockett in the flex for a bit, and then she swapped it out and had Rashad White, so that was a good play. Um, but, you know, there's just good players. And when Mike Williams comes back, not entirely sure who she's going to drop. Probably Kenyon Drake. Um, I feel like you can kind of afford to lose him. Even Gino, I guess, if you wanted to, because you're never going to like not play Lamar unless he's hurt, which I guess he going into next week, he left practice today on this is Wednesday. So he left practice, but... You know, Mike Williams has a good chance at playing uh, this next week. And so we talk about it. She has yet to make a trade. Um, and our trade deadline is in a couple days. So I very much um, would kind of just look to see if there's any way to upgrade any positions. But she still has a solid team. Um, Justin Tucker is just amazing. And I don't know if you saw the end of that game, but I legitimately thought that the 67-yard field goal that he attempted – um, was going to go in. Like, it was straight down the line, and it looked good, and I was like, you got to be kidding me. Like, this guy makes everything. And then he was – I would say he was probably, like, four or five yards short, but yeah. still, like, it was, like, he is unbelievable. And watching that game and just being like, oh, great, Lamar Jackson, moving the ball down the field and then struggling to find the end zone and then knowing that Justin Tucker is going to go out there and easily make any field goal – um, is is hard to watch. So that that game had a weird. Uh, was it a weather delay before the game? Outdoor yeah. game. Yeah, it was weird because it was completely sunny the entire game. Like there was no like chance of mm. rain or anything. So it must have just been a quick storm, Florida storm passing over. Mm. Okay. Well, yeah, nothing inspiring about her bench. Uh, you mentioned it, and yeah, I don't, I don't know. Steph's kind of in a weird spot. She's in third place. We, we keep te- we keep harping on it. This league's tight. Points matter. She she definitely has points in the bank heading into the last two weeks, but she got the the loss this week. She's in third. You got the win this week. You're in six. Holding on. All right. So the only two teams this year to have a 50-burger on their squad faced off against each other this week. However, the 50-burger came this week for Trey and Josh Jacobs. Trey, uh, the notorious beat Sam. <laughs> what world are we in? I'm sorry. What world are 90. we in? Yeah, Josh Jacobs with a 50 burger. Uh, let me look at. Let me get these stats. These correct stats. 33 attempts, 229 yards, two touchdowns, six catches for 74 yards. 
And this is all on a strained calf. He was almost not going to play that game. Yeah, questionable. Questionable the entire week. Um, I'm hoping next week as a Charger fan, because Josh Shaggy was going to run down the Chargers' throat, hoping that he sits out a week um, and, and rests that calf. But we're talking this week, and just an incredible game. And we've talked about Trey's team. We'll dive into his team first. I mean, we kind of gave him shit the first half of the season. We're like, how is this team going to win any games? But then Josh Jacobs and Austin Eckler really started to get going. And once Chris Godwin is getting going, now that Keenan's healthy, and I'm hoping that he plays Keenan or else, like, hey, Trey, hit me up. I will take Keenan off your hands. And Tony P got going. This team is a wagon, like an absolute wagon. Um, and I'm looking forward to the to the Trey versus Phillips final. What? Oh, yeah. It's happening. It yeah. is happening. Yeah. I think – now, I'm not going to add Chris Godwin into the big four, but the big three is just – that's just – that's what it's, his team name should be. It's just Josh Allen, Austin Eckler, Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs was took the helm this week in his big three. The 50-burger just – get a 50-burger. I, I can't – I guess it's – Sam win with her 50 burger? Yes. Okay. Um, can you imagine losing? Imagine getting a 50 burger uh, on your team if, and you will lose. I think if he would have gotten 40 points, he she would have lost. Oh yeah. Yeah, in that it matchup. Was very, like, yeah, it was very close that, still. Yeah. But yeah, the we, we were harping on him about Devonta Smith playing him. Just the bat it's just the wrong decision at this point. Keenan, I was gonna ask you in the last matchup about Mike Williams and like uh if like if if he does come back next week, do you, does Steph take him out, uh, take out Christian Kirk for Mike Williams? But that's like the questions you have to ask Mike Williams because the guy can't stay healthy at all. But like, and I know Keenan's been hurt a lot, and there's been years where he just can't stay on the field. But I I mean I feel pretty confident in him now. I feel like he's an absolute must start every single week. Yeah, he's, of the he's matchup. a red zone target every single yeah. time he gets in there, and he is yeah, the so, number one option. I don't see any reason why Devonta Smith should be in this lineup from here on out. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe if you're in a matchup where, uh, if I mean, we mentioned it, you mentioned in the in the preview of matchups this week with me with Nick Chubb going up against Tampa and that rush defense. Yeah, maybe in those situations you don't want to throw out Tony Pollard because it's a split backfield. It's a tough matchup. Um, and maybe that's where you can kind of slot in Devonta Smith if you really like his matchup or whatever. But at this point, um, Devonta Smith should not be in his lineup. It should be Keenan Allen here on out. And 155, one of the bigger point outages of the year. And mm-hmm. that's coming from five five positions that scored under eight points. Mm-hmm. So kicker, defense, flex, tight end, and a wide receiver spot. There's just there's still so much more room for potential for the notorious team. And we mentioned it. There's plenty of teams in this league that we're all scared of. We don't want to play in the first round. We don't want to play in the second round. You just got to hope that if you do play them in the second round, you're getting lucky. You, you catch them on a, on an off week. Maybe it's uh, Josh Allen at home in Buffalo and it's just horrible weather. Yeah. Um, Trey's team is that team. You don't want to play him. You don't want to play against a big three. Chris Godwin healthy and I think the worst thing for fantasy football world and just I guess the NFL world in general is Tampa's has not been good this year 
but they're still in the hunt. So they're still going to be going out there every single game to win. And they're not going to like, take. Yeah, they are five and six in their first place in their division. Yeah. So nothing's going to stop. Godwin's really ramping up. It almost looks like he's kind of taking the reins in that offense. Uh, Mike Evans has just been slow, kind of slow producing this year. Chris Godwin is really helping out with Tom, just getting the ball out of his hands quickly. And I, yeah, petrified and notorious this team. But one team I'm not petrified of that I'm not going to see in the playoffs is Team Mercier. Oh, yeah. Jimmy G, Jimmy G, 13 points. That's kind of cool. He had 13 fantasy points. His team scored uh, 13 points in the game. But I don't, I said it, I said it in the, in the thing. I don't get why you're starting Jimmy G when you have Kirk Cousins. We already mentioned that. Knew there's no way Jimmy G was going to sniff near uh, Kirk Cousins this week. He didn't. Damian Harris, same thing on, on Thursday, just an absolute dud. Samaje P. Ryan, gotta love that though. I love the balls on Sam to play Samaje P. Ryan. Well, she has to because she has nobody else. So she had Joe Mixon and he's out. And you saw them use Samaji in that the Steelers yeah. game the week before when Mixon went out and I think he had like two touchdowns, catching touchdowns. So you know that they're gonna use him a lot. And that was just kind of like a really physical game between the Titans and the Bengals. Uh, but Samaji finding a rushing touchdown, and he is used in the pass game. He had three catching touchdowns last or two weeks ago. So, yeah, I I would have played Samaji if I had him as well, um, because he is the he is one of the focal points in that offense, especially with Jamar still being out. Um, yeah. So yeah, Sam is just not going to win unless Jamar Chase and Joe Mixon get healthy, um, because there's just no way you can you know try to rack up any points. With, you know, Tyler Boyd, who I actually like. I have him in another league, and that offense just throws the ball, I feel like, a lot of the time. But he is just so inconsistent to where, like, yeah, you don't know what you're getting from him, and she got a 2.6. Mike Evans, like you said, has just not been Mike Evans of years past. Um, That's just a strange showing of from mike evans this year chris godwin has definitely been the guy that's gotten the targets been a guy that has now found the end on the last two weeks and then just look at the rest of her team yeah i mean i'm not i'm not going to get into the jimmy g Kirk cousins thing but everybody else on her like her bench there's just no one that she can play so yeah we we shall see um i play sam the last week of the season and i i am nervous that both jamar chase and joe mixon are going to be fully healthy um during that and they are gonna just absolutely ruin me oh i i can't wait i can't wait for sam to play spoiler uh, yeah, well, she's you. been trying the last four three weeks and i believe she's lost every every uh every game so yeah there's nothing much really to say about sam's team <laughs> just because damian harris is it does not look like he's gonna really be back anytime this season especially in the fantasy uh season and just yeah there's just really nothing else there's really nothing else notorious six and six second place believe he's also number one in points points scored and number two points against as far as like having the most points scored against him so Mm -hmm. you know that his team is is gonna be absolutely cooking right now and then sam uh five and seven uh at the cellar all right for this next matchup i want to welcome back because there were some weeks where very surprising very surprising play where well uh, just this week he's back aaron Rodgers is back 9.5 points right where he belongs um 
not a good fantasy quarterback, not a good team in general. I, th- I was, I was looking at this game and before that Christian Watson to the house touchdown late in the game, I was like, Oh man, I like we did the, uh, F Mary kill uh-huh. segment last one. And I had it like to the T it's like Aaron Jones was like popping off, uh, Aaron Rodgers, eh, And then like Christian Watson had like one catch. Yeah. heading into before that touchdown and then he just ripped it off and then kind of ruined my my whole game but i mean we're talking about next team talking about aaron Rodgers being a dud because he uh rum runners gets the l he loses two quarterback sneaks both teams are six and six ronnie b's in eighth qb sneaks in seventh both these teams on the outside looking in big win for uh qb sneaks but just top two top two guys aaron Rodgers, christian mccaffrey both just down weeks 13-0 I, I believe did Elijah Mitchell go out in that game? I don't yeah, know. Elijah even know Mitchell how. is now out for the basically the rest of the season. Yeah, so that kind of clears it out for Chris McCaffrey. So that but that Chris helps. McCaffrey is also hurt. He is he did not practice today, um, and he is questionable going in. And, and uh, what's his face said that he's hopeful that he will play this Sunday. Okay, so well, a little bit of a concern for Nick for next week, but. Uh, yeah, really quick on Christian McCaffrey. I mean, he both guys kind of got banged up. That was just an ugly game. He only he ran the ball 11 times for 32 yards, had four catches, 17. I oh God, what was the touch? It was like a tipped pass in the end zone for I think it was his name, uh, Jawan Jennings, um, who scored that oh, touchdown. Yeah. yeah, so just just an ugly game all around for anyone that had a, a Niner or a Saint, um, for fantasy purposes. But yeah, I mean, you like you said, you were pretty much spot on about that that game that we played. Um, and Christian Watson, I mean, there's a reason why after that three touchdown game, like everybody tried to get him. Um, not only in our league, but other leagues that I play in as well. People just spending a crazy amount of uh, free agent uh, bucks on him because uh, he's a he just seems to be a touchdown machine. Um, and he's got six touchdowns in his last three weeks. Um, but I mean, there's just nothing. Once again, we just talked about Sam's team. There's nothing sexy about Nick's team. Like Tyreek Hill, a great player. Amazing. But if you're only getting 12 points from Tyreek, you're most likely going to lose no matter yep. what, no matter who else around you. Um, cause Tyreek has been extremely consistent. He has been a little bit, um, kind of on the downward trend. He's got back to last two weeks. He's only gotten 12 points each week. Um, but, you know, he's always good for one of these weeks to where he go off. And, and I'm excited for next week. It's going to be uh, Niners against the Dolphins. So that's going to be a really good game. But, yeah, I think just across the board, just no tight ends. Um, nope. Just, yeah, just, just kind of a black. Uh, I'm going to disagree with you. I think Amari Cooper's kind of sexy. Like top top ten wide receiver this year. Yeah, uh, he's had he's, had, th- he's, had, he's had three absolute duds. Three three weeks where he's had like under four Less points, five, five points. Yeah, yeah. But besides that, back to back weeks, twelve targets. Now the whole situation with new quarterback coming in next week mm-hmm. that may jostle everything up. I I don't know where I don't. Uh, yeah, I'm interested. It, it I think the smart. Smart fantasy uh, savants would probably go look at Deshaun's history um, with his wide receivers and I guess his tight ends and see 
if there's some sort of style preference that, or kind of, I don't know if he favors a certain position over the others, or if he throws the running backs a lot, but I don't know. I'm interested to see what Amari Cooper is going to be after this, um, as we get the change in quarterback. But right now I think Amari Cooper, the way I think the sentiment sentiment on Amari Cooper at the start of the year, I think his third his third team usually not a lot of like high-end wide receivers on like their third team would really uh-huh. shake out to the kind of production that Mari Cooper had obviously when he was on the Cowboys and then his time with the Raiders um very surprising year and I think it's been kind of the the, the lifeboat for Nick and you touched on it a little bit uh in your personal matchup the trade that you uh, the trade that you and Nick went went through he's that confident in Amari Cooper where he can chip off Brandon Ayuk to your team so um top eight a sneaky top eight and yeah Christian Watson I know I mean he still had 21 points this week so whatever whatever we think about Christian Watson he and obviously the, his production lately to some maybe a fluke but there's obviously talent there I think just kind of almost like Tyreek uh Hill-esque with his touchdown um where he just caught it up the middle and he just absolutely burned everyone like yeah. 40, it was like 40, 50 yards, just absolutely got to the corner made that turn. No one touched them all the way through. So there obviously the talents there and um, I guess more of the trust is there and he just, he has been a game breaker this past week. Now, I, I mean, no more three touchdown weeks. I, I understand that completely, but kettle's hot right now. And if people in your fantasy your other fantasy leagues spent up a lot on him last week. They're still catch, cashing in dividends. I'm not high in them. I mean, every week when I'm going to be looking at Nick's lineup, I'm going to be, I guess now without Brandon Ayuk, I'm still going to try to find reasons not to play Christian Watson because I don't want to play that. I don't want to play that lottery, but it, it's, it's much easier playing the lottery when you have uh, one of your favorite teams and he's on your favorite team. So. That's just that's just what it's going to be for Nick. Yeah. Uh, let's head over to Shane's team. Uh, he dropped 120, had two very good outputs, uh, both by his consistent scores and Jalen Hurts and Justin Jefferson. Uh, Jalen Hurts, like, I, like we talked about his rushing yards, he had 157 rushing yards, which is crazy for a quarterback. Yeah. James Conner had a good game. I predicted that he would be a very good play this week against that Chargers defense. Um, he did fumble the ball once, but he did uh, get a uh, receiving touchdown, but he ran for 120 yards. David Montgomery had a had a good game. He met his uh, pro- uh, projections, uh, had 80 yards, around 80 yards rushing, had uh, three catches for 34 yards. Everybody else, though, basically kind of just was good, but 120 is a, is a good score to put up. My boy Latavius Murray uh, had 92 yards rushing. Um, I don't know why they don't just give it to him in like inside the five. That Denver Broncos offense is just so bad that they just they they just overthink way too much. Just give it to the guy that's like 240 and just is a is a bowl is a bowling ball down there. Yeah, um, Latavius Murray reminds me he. Like, I don't want to like, and I am insulting his intelligence, but he seems like just like the dumb running back that doesn't think much. He picks a hole and he runs as fast as he can through it. And if he somehow makes it out of the scrum and he keeps running, then fine. But he just, there's sometimes you always see, I feel like it was like Joe Mixon when Joe Mixon first came into the league. 
Um, he was very a lot of comparisons with it was with him and like Le'Veon Bell, where mm. he was very slow to get to the line and was very methodical with which hole to like which hole to go through or taking mm-hmm. his time letting the play develop. But I love watching Latavius Murray. Is it's just like all right, I'm going. Fuck it. <laughs> it's yeah. and uh, yeah, I agree with you, especially that Denver red zone. Uh, <laughs> I, I I I do my best every single weekend to not watch Denver play. Mm-hmm. Um, I still have flashbacks to our um, survivor pick week one, and yeah. just watching just how horrible they were in the red zone at that game. And it's just, I think it's just it's almost like too many cooks in the kitchen. And um, one of those cooks is Russell Wilson, who's an absolute idiot. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's doing play calls down in the red zone. Sometimes you just got to keep it simple and just give it to Latavius Murray and just let him put his head down and just, just like go have him go pick up three yards. Give do the mm-hmm. Melvin Gordon treatment. I mean, it's five yards out. Let him run it two times. He's going to get two and a half yards, three yards, but mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's look at his bench. DJ Moore had a very good outing against a pretty good Denver secondary. Uh, I think I saw him burn past Pat Sertain, who's actually kind of fallen off. I feel like whenever I watch Denver Broncos the last few weeks, Sertain's kind of gotten beat. Yeah. Uh, but four catches, only four catches, but he did have 103 yards and a touchdown, so that's a very solid week. Um, one guy I would like to touch on is Garrett Wilson. Uh, finally kind of had like a showing out again um, with a legitimate quarterback. Uh, Shout out Mike White. Uh, That seems to be a connection that I think is going to continue the rest of the year. I do think Mike White is going to start the rest of the year. I don't see how he can lose his spot since they uh, played so well. The offense played so well under him. Um, Has some – the next couple of weeks has uh, on the road, both at Minnesota, at Buffalo – those are some tough games, but for right now, Garrett Wilson seems to be the legitimate target, but Mike White also has Corey Davis to throw to um, and Elijah Moore, who actually got off the um, got off yeah. the bench and put in a good week last week. I think he only had Elijah Moore. I was looking at his stats because I was debating picking him up um, to, pro- to perhaps get some kind of magic over the next couple of weeks, but... He did only have two targets, and he caught both of those targets for like 60 yards and a touchdown. But Garrett Wilson in general, he was actually someone I was trying to get uh, from a Shane um, for Pacheco, um, but he did not. uh, He wanted to hold on to Garrett Wilson. He wanted to uh, have me send back Zeke, and to which I said, no, thank you. So, um, yeah, I think Garrett Wilson, I'm not entirely sure where you would play him, perhaps maybe in a flex in a, in a really good matchup spot. But I think he's someone that um, that I think I would not be surprised in the next couple of weeks since a Shane essentially needs to win to get in um, if he tries for like a boom play with someone like Garrett Wilson. Yeah, uh, and I always say Matt White. I know it's Mike White. I got to get used to that because – we're going to have him for the rest of the year. I was listening to one of my shows, and they were saying uh, the Jets have thrown over 400 yards in three games over the last five years, I believe the, the stat was. And it was all Mike White, which is yeah. mind-blowing. Sounds about right. Um, just quick, quick little gab here. Aaron Rodgers, Mike White, assuming Mike White starts the rest of the year, 
who would you rather have? Oh, it's a Mike White. What about Mike White or Jared Goff? Um, I think it's matchup dependent. You have um, to lock one of them in for the rest of the year. Who would you do? I would look at their matchups and I would see who who has more home games, who has you know. What better. is your gut telling you without looking at the um, schedule? Um, I would probably go Jared Goff. Okay. Well, still, just even having him in the discussion, and I think, and I think, as you mentioned, Garrett Wilson, uh, Elijah Moore, it, uh, Michael Carter, when he's healthy, he can be kind of a presence in the backfield. There's still plenty of weapons yeah, on that they, Jets they definitely team. Definitely have weapons on that Jets team, and I think, I think the the Jets of the of of old and kind of like just making fun of the Jets being the Jets. I don't think you can necessarily say that anymore. They're contending for a playoff spot. Um, they have a good defense, if not just a, not a, I don't know what it necessarily call them a great defense, but a better than good defense. Um, but yeah, they, they have offensive weapons. And I think Garrett Wilson, I talked about this a couple of weeks in, I was really high on him, um, after that second week. And then Zach Wilson got hurt. Just Joe Flacco started playing. Um, but they've had Mike white there just, just waiting. And with Mike White being the starter now, and like you said, he slings it around. He can throw the ball. Uh, watching that game, I'm not sure if you watched any of it, but it was just like a torrential downpour the entire time. Yeah, um, I saw that. I saw the weather, and yeah, they didn't even care. I, yeah, they just – him and Trevor Simeon both. I think that under was at like 35, and they passed that in like the first quarter. Um, so, yeah, I, I think Garrett Wilson is someone that I would, I would you know, consider playing. Well – that's going to be a decision for next week because he's on the outside. Six and six, QB sneak, seventh place. Run runners with a loss goes to eighth place. Also, six and six. Matchup of the week, Ken White Walker gets the L, loses to the Gosa Forte, 126 to 114. I think we said, I think we both, both agreed this is going to be the highest scoring matchup of the week. I think we are, no. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Trey's definitely inflated it. So I think yeah. both of these combined definitely had the best average score uh, for the uh, out of all of our our teams. Yeah, and it looks like I'm trying to see what Monday night looked like. It came down. No, yeah, it, it was over. Like, okay, it was over by uh, uh, like four o'clock Sunday. Uh, okay. Unless, unless AJ Brown was to get like thirty points, um, yeah. Phil, Phil would have lost. But that Sunday night game, but it was over. Um, to be honest, I think it was over right when ETN went out. Yep, I was I just think. about to say it was basically it, unless, of course, Kenneth Walker absolutely had a monster game. Kenneth Walker hit exactly his projections. I love that. So um, cool. So let, let's actually dive into Phillips's team first, but. Yeah, the, uh, it was a bummer for for Phillips to have uh, one of his you know reliable weapons go down, and Travis Etienne Jr. had a foot injury. I guess they said that he could have came back in the game, or he said he could have gotten back in the game, but they wanted to play it safe with him, which is yeah. probably smart because I feel like he has been kind of banged up over the last year plus, um, kind of had injuries here and there. So it's probably good to just keep him out. Um, they're not really playing for much and you just don't want something to turn into a, like a long-term thing, especially mm-hmm. with just how young he is. But yeah, I mean, there's nothing Phillips really could have done. Nobody on his bench that he should have started over. Um, anyone, uh, Foster Moreau, good play, had a touchdown. Um, yeah, that was late too, wasn't it? 
uh, I feel like Josh Jacobs took over like in that second half. So maybe uh, I'm not entirely sure where that touchdown came. Um, but oh no, you're right. He had it in the back of the end zone with just under two minutes. Yep. So yeah. Um, good call there. But Derrick Henry, uh, he had a very strange game. Um, I feel like yeah, he had 17 carries. For 38 yards, that's 2.2 average. That is not Derrick Henry like, uh, but Cincinnati just played a hell of a game in stopping Derrick Henry. He had one like 70 yard catch to where he caught one and just ran, and then he fumbled like inside the three yard line. Yeah, Traylon mm-hmm. Burks picked it up for a touchdown. So instead of Derrick Henry scoring that 70 60 yard receiving touchdown, he actually ended up. Um, fumbling the ball and he did not recover the fumble so therefore he does not get that touchdown wait so i have a question so Mm -hmm. he doesn't get charged with the fumble the three Mm -hmm. points but really the set there's no bonuses right so it would have just been six points if he would have recovered it if he recovered it and then got the touchdown there's no bonus for the yardage plus touchdown it's just, yeah. So like, I don't. I don't know if if he would have gotten the fifty plus uh, fifty yard bonus touchdown if he would have fumbled the ball and then recovered it in the end. But we zone. do have that a fifty yard plus touchdown. Yeah, we've always had how, that. How many points is that? That's three points. Bonus, oh, so points so bonus. so if he didn't fumble, he would have went into the end zone. He would have had one tw- total points would have been one twenty three then. Something like that. Yeah, he would have oh, okay. been a little bit closer to Phil. I learn something new every every week. Every week. Don't even know the rules to our league. First um, place. <laughs> uh, great pickup with the Dolphins. Um, they were basically on their way to 30 points as a defense. Uh, yep. And then Houston just scored 15 in the second half. The Dolphins didn't score one single point. Um, yeah, just a, just kind of a frustrating week for Phillips. He hit his projections essentially with one, you know, a little bit over his projections, um, but just kind of a frustrating week. I mean, we talked about whether or not he should play Dak over Fields, and he made the right call because Fields ended up not playing. Yep. So you didn't want to leave that to chance. Um, but just kind of a, there could have definitely been more points scored. For instance, I thought CD caught that touchdown in that Giants Cowboys game that was like on its shoulder. Uh, that you know that wasn't a touchdown. That didn't happen. ETN getting hurt, um, and just Derrick Henry not you know scoring that touchdown at the end or in the end zone. So yeah, just a bunch of AJ Brown fumbling the ball. He gave up an easy fumble and just they returned it all the way down the field. So just a frustrating week for Phillips. Yeah, frustrating, but still a good outing. Like, I mean, he's in the fourth place spot. At I think at this point, I know every team's tied at six and six. Anything can happen. He could drop out, but pretty consistent across the board. What are you going to do about an injury like that? He made all the right plays. There's not one decision that he could have made here. Just upset. It's a it's a bad loss, but he's got a good team, and he lost to a good team. He lost to mm-hmm. uh, Phil's team that's been on kind of a tear. His team is cooking. One twenty six. Biggest, I mean, downgrade, and we talked about it in the last episode, Dalvin Cook, 7.6, a little disappointing. But New England, if there's any, even in, it, it's crazy, even in that match at 33-26 was the final score in that. But if there's anything you don't want to go against is New England's rush defense. It feels like they kind of stifle teams on the ground uh, through the air. They're pretty susceptible, as we saw with Justin Jefferson and Kirk, uh, Kirk Cousins' line. 
but against the ground, they they find a way to take advantage of that. 7.6 is not the worst outing, but it's not really what Dalvin Cook has been producing this year. Dalvin Cook has gone through stretches this year where he's been eh, but Dalvin Cook's Dalvin Cook, 7.6. You live with it, but besides that, across the board, I think the 201 with 15, that's just one of those situations where you it's one of those situations where you hope you hope that Miami is cooking and Tua is the source of it. But some, sometimes when you blow out a team that bad so quickly, it just it just takes the ball out of their hands. And surprising, even when they were up 30-0, not, obviously not to just take him out of the game because he wants to be out there playing for his teammates. But there was moments of that game where it's like, dude, why is why are they – having him out there it was just like they were allowing these sacks it was right when uh was it Tariq Armstead got hurt it seems uh they started teeing off on Tua a little bit uh very very uh passive game plan after they took that early lead kind of shows and reflects with uh, Tua's points 15 points you'll take it though even though he got the win here mm-hmm. he still outproduced Dak Saquon's been been he hasn't been exploding as he was earlier in the year three four like in the first couple weeks of the year but 13 points you'll take it Stefan Diggs projections and I, I feel like we're just talking about all the guys that played on us Thursday I forgot how many guys he had but uh T T Higgins we talk about Tyler Boyd and that offense without uh Jamar Chase and Joe Mixon T Higgins is the obvious benef- beneficiary of all this. I think I think right now, I don't know how long Joe Mixon's going to be out for, but as long as Jamar Chase is out and both those guys are out, you can almost put T Higgins in the number one uh, as a number one wide receiver for the rest of the season if those two injuries persist because Bengals are cooking, Joe Burrow is cooking, that offense is doing well, and it's all on the back of T Higgins and I guess on the back of Samaj P. Ryan. What year is this? But... And then Niners defense, 15 points. Um, just consistency. Even we've seen in some matches when we just talked about it with uh, with Phillips team with Travis Etienne, he had a zero. We had John, Juwan Johnson with a zero. Uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, Dawson Knox had like two points. There was there were some really low numbers on starting lineups, but for Phil, if you're gonna if you're gonna say, hey, your lowest score is gonna be your kicker, which kickers usually are, and uh-huh. three points. That's obviously it's kind of a bummer, but out of a, a position player, your lowest score is going to be seven. It's pretty good. I feel like I feel mm-hmm. like I'd, I'd rather take that. You you got to avoid the zero burgers, and, and the only the only really the only person that I, that Phil could have made the switch for. I I mean I guess, but w- in what world are you going to start AJ Dillon? He came alive. This is, feels like he finally woke up. He's been asleep all year. Um, maybe. The beginning of the, the beginning of the year, I believe Phil had him on and had him in on a couple of lineups. But with that Green Bay offense, you cannot trust AJ Dillon because there's not not any offense to go around to all those players. But he had 16 points. Glad to see him have those points. But I think I think I mentioned it. This is Phil's lineup right here for the rest of the year. And if he's getting this as kind of a baseline, because I'm looking at Saquon, looking at Tua, I'm looking at Dalvin Cook. Those are relatively, I would say, down weeks. And Phil's baseline is just so high. His floor is so high. And I Phil's another one of those teams I don't want to play against. 
Yeah, I mean, Phil every week projects around 120, 125. Ridiculous. And I do feel like he struggles to hit that every week. Um, he, I believe, let me look at his total points for... Uh, he's fourth, um, just kind of solidly, just right there in fourth. He has been a little unlucky. He is number one in points against to where um, he has the most points scored against him. But, yeah, I think... Phil is, has a very consistent team. There really isn't a need to – his bench is just a bunch of guys that are backups, essentially, besides Tyler Higby, um, Jeff Wilson Jr., because Mostert was outstarted. But having guys like A.J. Dillon, he he is the, the king of the handcuff. Um, he has had handcuff running backs, I feel like, the last three, four years. Really hasn't paid out for him in those not, three, four not years. Not once this year. I don't think it – yeah, it hasn't done this once, which is actually good for him because that means that Dalvin's been healthy because he does mm-hmm. have Madison on his bench um, who's just sitting there and will never leave. Um, and he's had Saquon who's been healthy the entire year, which is a just, a, just very extremely lucky that he's been healthy. Uh, but in general, just he has a very solid – Starting lineup to a really quick. Yeah, he only played the first two series of the second half and then just sat the rest of the game. So those those numbers and I'm pretty sure he had 16 points at halftime. Um, yeah. And he had 300 yards essentially in one half. They just diced him up up and down the field. Having 16 points from your quarterback in one half is exactly what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, but. And saying that, like you said, if you blow out a team, you got to hope that you get the majority of those points, which I guess he did for the most part. Yeah, um, he definitely took advantage of like where in other situations, like if you're blowing out a team and it's all going through the running backs, then, oh, that would have been horrible. And some mm-hmm. of those matchups do happen against bad. You look at the good matchups and you think, oh, this is a great match. He's going to go out. But it's like if the points, especially like if, if you're – you're a team that has an amazing defense and say you go down the field, you get a rush, you uh, say pick six or quick turnover, another rushing touchdown. It's like game gets blown out of blown out of hand so early. The quarterback hasn't even like got anything going through the air and they get pulled early. It's like those situations happen. Yep. Um, So yeah, just a, a very solid performance by Phil. He has, doesn't necessarily have to win both matchups to get in, um, but he do does have two tough matchups the next two weeks. He does have Trey uh, next week, which is going to be a great matchup to to watch uh, play out. And then he has uh, then he has Steph the last week. So not to win two. Um, I mean, you are probably going like thirty percent this year on picking teams. So I don't necessarily. I'm gonna uh, to agree with you on your predictions over here but um yeah solid solid performance by phil like you said this is his team there is no tinkering around with his lineup i don't even think he should play gabe davis in any circumstance nope. whatsoever nope. um you write out t higgins the rest of the year you write out Ramondre stevenson now that he's going to be starting uh because um damien harris will be out most likely the majority of the rest of the year and there it is, and that's that's what that's what he has. So a really good defense. Um, he knows the Dallas kicker, Brett Maher, um, is a top five, top four kicker in our league. So 
yeah, there's not a lot of um, negatives to say about Phil's team. He just the only thing is that he has to hope that his running backs stay healthy. Yeah, but he 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 got what he needed to win this week. Goes to six yep. and six. He's Big in fifth win. place. And we got Ken White Walker, also six and six, in fourth place.